You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. So here we are. We are going into Week 13. Week 12 is finished here with Monday Night Football, putting a bow on it here with uh, Washington outlasting Seattle there. An exciting finish. Not much fantasy value there as both teams score fewer than 20 points, but still some things to take away from that game and uh, learn going forward, and we'll uh, talk about that, the reaction there to Monday Night Football, then we'll dive straight in related to the waiver wire, so we'll go through all the positions for you, as we usually do here on a Pickup Tuesday, waiver wire and free agency advice. We'll do uh, quarterbacks in our first segment, along with our takeaways from Monday Night Football, then look at running backs and defense special teams options that you should think about here for Week 13, and then Close looking at the receiving help at wide receiver and tight end. So, action packed there. We'll dive into it really soon here. But first, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, Seahawks and Washington. Let's start with the Seahawks. Russell Wilson looked bad for most of this game, but he ended up with two touchdown passes. Uh, kind of a get well game for him. We know Washington's defense has played a little bit better here of late. They haven't been as kind of giving to teams. They changed a little bit of the way they cover teams now. They haven't been as aggressive uh, going after things and uh, allowing teams to make big plays. It's interesting it's developed with no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat. So they're not uh, just letting guys freelance. They're trying to put them within a system here for Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. So that's containing the big plays just like we've seen with so many other teams doing here playing shells and protecting against the being burned downfield. Washington was not doing that earlier. They got a little too aggressive, allowed things there to happen. So a little bit of adjustment there. That's why you're not seeing the same numbers of late as Washington has won three consecutive games now to move into the seventh seed in the NFC. So a lot of it is keyed by their defense, but their offense playing a little bit better. So Wilson ends up near 250, gets the two scores there, one from a Gerald Everett earlier in the game gets uh, Freddie Swain later in the game. Unfortunately, Tyler Lockett had a big yardage game, but another very quiet game for DK Metcalf. It was very late in the game until he recorded a reception. So, some things a little off with the downfield passing. And part of it is the Seahawks are predicated on running the ball, and really they cannot run the ball. Traditionally, it doesn't matter if they put an Alex Collins there. Rashad Penny's hurt. You're not sure if uh, anyone else can step up. Travis Homer has been on the shelf. So, yeah, I mean, it's DJ Dallas and a lot of checkdowns. So, pretty predictable. They're one-dimensional. That really hurts the Seahawks because we know Russ is really good at throwing downfield off play action. So, did get a big play early in the game with Tyler Lockett that helped set up the first touchdown. But a lot left on the table here. So, we need to get this right. I think the 49ers matchup at home could be helpful there. Their secondary is pretty weak. That should uh, get Lockett and Metcalf going against a familiar opponent. But good to see Wilson kind of rebound, at least be decent in fantasy, get those multiple touchdowns. Not 300 yards quite yet, given all the struggles that Seattle had to move the ball, but pretty decent game 
And one thing that helps Wilson is there's really nothing, again, as we mentioned in the running game. Collins has just been a major disappointment. That Chris Carson shut down for the season. There's too many injuries there, not getting it done here for Seattle. But, again, Metcalf is overdue, so if you're souring on Metcalf, stick with him. I think it's going to come this week against San Francisco. Tyler Lockett keeps getting it done because he just is either to scheme open, whether it's outside or in the slot here for Seattle. Now let's go to the Washington side of things. Big development here for Antonio Gibson. I know, I know, J.D. McKissick was involved there in a revenge game against the Seahawks. I know, I know. Antonio Gibson looked like he was banged up and might need to come out of the game, but they give him massive volume, big yardage from scrimmage. Also important, getting him involved in the passing game, despite McKissick's presence. So they're finally looking at Gibson. Maybe he's getting that shin injury past him. He's still dealing with that in practice uh, here, but... I think you're maybe seeing the real Antonio Gibson the way they want to use him. And part of it is you have now Logan Thomas back at tight end. You have Terry McLaurin there. Even without Curtis Samuel, they feel confident in their other receivers, including DeAndre Carter. But they have enough playmakers here. So what's happening here? Gibson is being able to see better running lanes. This offensive line, keep in mind, was a bit banged up with Samuel Cosme and Brandon Scherf having to miss time at some point here. But now with the Washington football team, I think you're seeing the potential here of their offense. Scott Turner, Taylor Heineke's also settled down. He's had now several starts now. He's not looking over his shoulder because we know Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to come back from that hip injury anytime soon. Heineke's really working to get himself a job and as they've won and had success, things are going to be better overall. That's what we're seeing with the Washington football team. So that's a perfect transition to uh, talking about the waiver wire. Taylor Heineke, I know, didn't get the multiple touchdowns here with not a lot of scoring in this game, but he did have a nice little uh, pass to McKissick. So now you start to look at it. Logan Thomas just getting back from a hamstring injury in the game on Monday night. You have Tim McLaurin. DeAndre Carter's look pretty good. You have McKissick. They're using Gibson more in the passing game. So a lot of things are pointing upward, as well as the matchup this week in Las Vegas against the Raiders. You can bet there's going to be a lot of Washington football team fans out there in the desert. That's going to help Heineke. It's a controlled environment in a dome. No weather issues there like we had there in Washington, where at least you're playing the elements, where you're Heineken in a good spot, potential shootout against Derek Carr this week, so I really like him, a good streamer this week, good pickup, he really should be at least a QB2 and a bench guy on most teams here, just for a bit of insurance here, given he has the keys to a very talented Washington offense. Now you can look at Tua Tagovailoa. I don't love him this week against the Giants, the Giants kind of just ripped the guy he replaced in Alabama Jalen Hurts last week, but Tua still has some value. He didn't have multiple touchdowns last week. It was Miles Gaskin. But he's getting his weapons back. It looks like Devontae Parker and Will Fuller could be back, so I don't think it may be this week against the Giants, but some really good matchups ahead for Tua Tagovailoa. They're starting to trust him a little bit more to open up the offense. Jalen Waddle is a former top target there, making plays all over the field with the speed and quickness. That's really helping to his value. We know he can rush in if needed for touchdowns, so he has some. The Giants is not bad, but I wouldn't have forced him in the lineup. I think there are better options this week, but looking down the line, some very favorable matchups coming ahead for the Dolphins in this offense and playing well. They've won four straight games, so that also helps. Playing from ahead and uh, having some support from Miles Gaskin in the running game is always going to make a quarterback play better and produce better as well for fantasy football. Now, Matt Ryan could have been dropped in a lot of leagues. He was okay last week. Cordell Patterson did smash the Jaguars. We know the Jaguars are more exploitable in run defense, and that's what we saw. But Matt Ryan's going to have to put the ball up this week. He did have 300 yards in the first matchup against the Buccaneers. A couple touchdowns. Did struggle with interceptions. But this game's at home. 
the friendly confines of Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta. So that's always pretty good for Matt Ryan. Again, there's going to be some garbage potential here. I know the Bucks kind of uh, can make big plays and get to the quarterback and all that kind of stuff here. But last week, they gave up a ton to Carson Wentz. The Colts actually had a chance to win that game. I don't believe the Falcons will have a chance to win and beat the Buccaneers here. But we know the Buccaneers are going to be controlled. We know Matt Ryan is going to be throwing a ton. We know Cordero Patterson can be a key target for him as well as uh, Kyle Pitts. Plenty of guys there to help uh, Matt Ryan put up some numbers. And a pretty good schedule ahead where Matt Ryan, I think, will finish strong. Just like he started pretty well to start the season instead of the midseason slump. But I like Matt Ryan here down the stretch to uh, put up decent numbers here as he gets more comfortable in Arthur Smith's offense. And maybe, maybe at some point, Calvin Ridley comes back to finish the season here in 2021, which would be a big help, we know, for Matt Ryan's value. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Pittsburgh. And I don't love Big Ben this week against Baltimore. I think you could play him, but they're going to blitz him. They're going to cause some problems. Last week was pretty brutal against the Bengals, so it's hard to follow up and play Big Ben based on the Bengals' result. But definitely you can look at him maybe down the line here. They have favorable schedule. Their running game is not working. Their defense is stinking. Roethlisberger is having to put the ball up 40 to 50 times in games. That's always good. The attempts and opportunity there. The weapons are there. We'll watch Pat Freermuth. He might miss the game with a concussion. That would really hurt because Ben and uh, Pat Freermuth have had that Heath Miller-like chemistry here of late. So that would kind of change things, especially with Eric Ebron hamstrung and not available here. So Something to keep in mind. You're looking for where you can get the touchdowns, the big plays. He still has Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. They're going to help him put up some numbers. but And maybe not this week against the Ravens, but certainly some value here for Big Ben, at least as a QB2 to have on your bench. Jimmy Garoppolo has been a pretty good streamer. He had three straight games with uh, two touchdown passes. That came to an end as the 49ers scored on the ground three times with Eli Mitchell, twice with Debo Samuel. But Samuel's going to be out now. I think that hurts their running game a little bit. Eli Mitchell is going to be fine, but that's going to open things up against the Seahawks here. For Jimmy Garoppolo, I think George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk can pick up the slack there. They have other guys that can make plays as well. Trent Sherfield. We have Kyle Juszczyk out of the backfield, their backs, all that. So they'll find a way to adjust with Kyle Shanahan. The matchup is good enough in Seattle. Heineke, again, let down a little bit there, but I think Jimmy G, look at the early game, was injured against the Seahawks. I think he'll be a little bit better here knowing that... Uh, he has a hold on the job, and the 49ers are trying to surge towards a playoff berth here in 2021. Now, Daniel Jones has some appeal. Don't love him now because the way he played against the Eagles was pretty ugly. This Giants offense is even worse somehow with Freddie Kitchens, but definitely a talent that could get warmed up down the stretch. Not necessarily in the Dolphins matchup. It is not terrible by the numbers, but keep in mind the Dolphins have played better defense, much like the Washington football team. So, not there this week for Daniel Jones or for Mac Jones, who gets the Bills on the road. Not going to play him against that defense. But, again, young quarterbacks you should have. Get a little bit of insurance there just in case something happens to your main guy now. But most of the buys are out of the way. But if you're looking for streamers, I think this week with Aaron Rodgers out and some other options, I think you could look at Lott and Heineke and Matt Ryan, I think, where I would feel most comfortable. Then I would go Jimmy G and look at a little bit of Roethlisberger and then Tua in that order just for the short term. But that's how I kind of broke them down for you for the rest of the season for pickups at quarterback. All right, we'll get into uh, running backs and defenses that you should target on the waiver wire for various purposes, either starting or creating a stash situation for you on your teams. We'll get there 
Next, in life, we're bound for different things. With Beachbound.com Vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation. Or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be as happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you'll find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com. Dot com and find out today. All right, let's continue the show, and uh, we'll turn our attention to running backs. A lot of options here as more attrition has hit the position with some late-season injuries. We'll get there. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, running backs. So Chuba Hubbard's back on the radar, folks. Unfortunately, Christian McCaffrey has been shut down for the season here for the Panthers. So it was fun while it lasted. It was a couple games, and that was it. And then we got a little bit of a game, but not much of one against the Dolphins. So Christian McCaffrey, yet another season, blown by injury. So, yeah, it's bringing his doubt for his value there for next season. Do we trust him? Is he becoming another Saquon Barkley, where the injuries are just too much to recover? It's feeling like that, isn't it? So, and McCaffrey, let's hope for better luck here. For him next year, but really hard to justify taking a number one overall, especially when Jonathan Taylor is looking like that pick here in 2022. So Hubbard, however, has to be picked up. He's a plug-and-play back. I know they've got a little bit more depth there in Carolina, but Hubbard is the guy that's produced, and he's the guy they'll plug in again here. So another situation there with Alexander Madison. Hopefully you've learned with Dalvin Cook missing time and Christian McCaffrey missing time and Alvin Kamara missing time that you need to have a strong backup. And so Alexander Madison, hopefully Dalvin Cook managers, if you saw him available or someone else was scratching off a lottery ticket hoping for an instant RB1 that you picked up Alexander Madison. So Hubbard and Madison have roles again. Surprise, surprise. McCaffrey and Cook. Consensus top two picks in fantasy football. At least uh, Cook looks like he could be back after two games missed. But McCaffrey for sure out for the season on injured reserve. Now, along those same lines, DeAndre Swift has been really special, but he's got a shoulder injury. We knew that he was in trouble a little bit when they gave him the massive volume. This is why they were being careful with him and Jamal Williams. But part of this happened when uh, Williams was not available and hurt himself. But Williams is back. They have Jamar Jefferson, the rookie, they also give carries too. But definitely DeAndre Swift is going to be out, I think, for the Minnesota game. And Vikings have looked terrible against the run of late. So in comes Jamal Williams. He has good success against Minnesota from his Green Bay days, uh, complimenting Aaron Jones. So, yep, another guy that's plugging and playing this week. Oh, we'll see about Miles Sanders. He hurt his ankle there last week against the Giants. Uh, he's already missed time with that ankle, so some concern there. Jordan Howard already on the shelf. That could open up things for Boston Scott in a very good matchup, really the best matchup on the board for running back. So Boston Scott could have a massive role with a little bit of Kenneth Gainwell, but no Howard helps. Potentially Sanders being on the shelf here, so something to watch there. But big opportunities abound with Hubbard, Madison, Williams, and Scott helping your team when you need it here down the stretch. And again, Hubbard and Madison should not be available, but Williams and Scott definitely should be in most leagues here for you. Now let's look at uh, Dontrell Hilliard. Uh, he's a guy that uh, was looking good for the Browns, but kind of exploded there for the Titans last week. It was a good one-two punch between Hilliard and Dante Foreman. They kind of like were experimenting. They looked at Jerry McNichols before he had the concussion, brought in Adrian Peterson. They said, where are we going to go with the direction of offense? But they kind of like the Hilliard and Foreman combination, and it had to happen because Darrington Evans was not available. So Hilliard looked really good against the Patriots. The Titans have a pretty favorable schedule down the stretch here, so 
they know they have to get Hillard and Foreman involved here, especially their wide receivers really hurting. We'll see about A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones, if they can ever get back on the field here for Ryan Tannehill together. But it's a bye week this week, so Hilliard can't help you, but something to look at there forward as Hilliard and Foreman could have nice value there in different roles for the run-heavy Titans offense still. Matt Breida, Zach Moss is being faded here. Devin Singletary hasn't done much. Matt Breida has given us enough for three weeks, even in this committee, to think that the Bills trust him most as a running back of choice here in key situations. So Matt Breida, last call for him probably to get him as an RB2 or flex option from week to week. What do we do with the Jets' backfield? Very questionable. We told you to go after Ty Johnson because they told us that Ty Johnson was the guy that they liked to give the ball most when Michael Carter wasn't in. But Tevin Coleman came back. When they started to activate Austin Walter, Walter gets a touchdown. Coleman gets the key carries. Ty Johnson squeezed out. Look, take your chances with the Jets' backfield. It's a pretty decent matchup against the Eagles, so you might uh, hope for something out of the best if you look at Johnson or Coleman or Walter. But really disappointing when these teams go triple with their committees. It really hurts anyone's value in fantasy football. So uh, another guy you could look at is Ronald Jones. Not that I would play him trickling off Leonard Fournette, but this running game is up to speed here for the Buccaneers, so Ronald Jones would have a big role should something happen to Fournette here going forward, so something to keep in mind. He's well-rested here down the stretch. They could load-manage Fournette at some point and go Jones, so we'll see how it plays out, but Ronald Jones, just a bit of a stash, especially if you have Fournette now. He's a decent handcuff for you there. Again, protect all your investments down the stretch. Rex Burkhead, look, uh, David Johnson doesn't look good. Burkhead doesn't look good. You're really desperate if you're going for the Texans running game here, so hope for the best if Johnson continues to be bad that they give Burkhead more opportunities. And the former Texan, Philip Lindsay, you may have missed this, is now with the Dolphins. So still there behind Miles Gaskin. Gaskin can be injury prone. We know that. So Lindsay has some appeal, especially with Malcolm Brown on the shelf. Now let's turn our attention to defense and special teams. The Vikings are easily the best option available out there. They've been terrible, but they get the Lions offense. It's on the road, which a little concerning, but the Bears did come through pretty well in that matchup, holding down the Lions. So the Vikings should have a little bit of defensive get-well game that you can look at. Dolphins could be available. They look really good against the Panthers. Get Daniel Jones and the mistake-prone Giants here this week, so that's an opportunity. The Chiefs, if people drop them during the bye, you can look at them at home. Emotional primetime bump coming off the bye. The Broncos' offense can be hit or miss from week to week based on the matchups, and this matchup is not very good in a hostile environment on the road trying to catch up with Patrick Mahomes. And the game script is also going to be negative, which sets up things for sacks and takeaways. Washington football team, we mentioned how well they've been playing. I think they can get some sacks and takeaways against Derek Carr and the Raiders this week. Carr will still put up some numbers here, but I think Washington football team can be looked out. It could be one of those uh, 300-2-2, four-sack type games there for Derek Carr this week, and that would not surprise me there. And we look at the 49ers. Uh, if you're reaching there a little bit, you could look at 49ers against uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. They have made some big plays. Uh, it's one of those unpredictable ones, but uh, I like more of the 49ers matchups down the stretch this week. I definitely wouldn't force them. I don't like playing defenses on the road in general, so that's something to keep in mind. But again, WFT, I make an exception. And same thing with the Vikings, uh, just given uh, that there's going to be a lot of Washington fans out there in Las Vegas, and the Vikings should own Detroit this week. All right, that takes care of running backs and defense special teams, their in-depth uh, deep dive into the waiver wire. We'll uh, close up looking at wide receivers and tight ends in our final segment, but before we do that, i got to tell you that BetOnline is 
Got you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs, whether it's the NFL playoffs or the CFB. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts. All right, let's uh, close the show here, looking at wide receivers and tight ends to target. Now, this is the last call for Kendrick Bourne. That said, I don't love the matchup this week against the Bills, but man, it was an awesome matchup against the Titans. He destroyed it with multiple touchdowns. He's firmly moving from wide receiver three to wide receiver two. What a big pickup for the Patriots. Where are those, all their help going to be? They signed Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar and these two tight ends. Well, they've come through pretty much. And Bourne, what's happened is that you have Mac Jones feeling a little bit more confident thrown to his wide receivers here. It was a lot about the tight ends, but Bourne and Mac Jones have a little chemistry going on. Same thing with Jacoby Myers and Jones. So that's a credit to Josh McDaniels and the coaching staff. But Born tough matchup this week. The one thing I will say, the Bills are without Tredavis White, so that helps. They still have some pretty good other corners, including Teron Johnson and Levi Wallace there, so it could be a little tough on the outside. I don't see a lot of opportunity here, but again, Born not having uh, White to deal with could actually help him this week. Have decent numbers, but maybe not those big, big numbers or anything close to that this week. Kenny Galladay is getting a little bit more run in that Giants offense. He has to. I mean, Kadarius Toney's hurt. You have Sterling Shepard hurt. Yeah, John Ross is playing through an injury. Who's healthy for this team? And Derek Slayton has disappeared. Let's get Galladay involved. He spent a lot of money on Galladay. He's fully healthy now. Let's throw to him more. Xavier Howard and uh, Byron Jones this week uh, against the Dolphins, but uh, they haven't been themselves. They can give up some big plays. They're going to blitz. That's going to open things up. So Galladay, I think, can be their best receiver going forward here. We had a lot of hype over Kadarius Tony. Sterling Shepard gave us a nice floor earlier, but Galladay... Is uh, looking like the default number one and the number one he should have been earlier in the season in different offense here. And that with Freddie Kitchens, some of that Bruce Arians philosophy is printing the field. That's going to help Galladay as well. Marcus Valdez-Scantling getting more run for the Packers. Uh, we've seen Randall Cobb get hurt. Uh, we've had Alan Lazard hurt. So we need to have someone step up as a big play threat. Devontae Adams is balling out. The Packers are off this week on their bye, but MBS after the bye could have some nice value there as a stash on your bench as a wide receiver four or five. Devontae Parker might return. Don't forget about him. He had a key role before he got hurt there with Jalen Waddle. I don't think he's going to cut into Waddle's work too much. I think he's going to boost to attack Volos. So something we'll watch there. T.Y. Hilton, look, not a lot of run last week. He's still kind of a limited guy based on big plays or touchdowns. He did score against the Buccaneers, but hard to trust there, but someone you can stash on your bench. We mentioned Galladay being the best Giants option, but you can also look at Sterling Shepard there coming back, hopefully, soon from the quad. I think he has a better chance here to return than Kadarius Tony soon, but I'd still lean more towards Galladay as a pickup there. We can't ignore that Josh Reynolds uh, had a good chemistry immediately returning with Jared Goff. He was uh, having some work with the Titans. They transitioned from the Rams, but Reynolds immediately stepped up, looked pretty good. Didn't get a lot of targets. We know no one can be trusted really in the Lions passing game, but something to look at there. Nick Westbrook-Hakini, we'll see where the Titans stand after their bye with uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. <laughs> They're two receivers, and they miss Reynolds probably with this situation. So Westbrook-Hakini did score against the Patriots. He's their default best receiver left. 
And again, if they're running effectively, that's going to open up some downfield play action, especially with uh, those receivers and Marcus Johnson uh, hurting here for the Titans. Look at Deshaun Jackson. He's always a big play threat for the Raiders there to watch out for. Rondell Moore returning for the Cardinals. They could get him a little bit more involved. We'll see what the status of Chase Edmonds is, but he's kind of been a replacement for Edmonds. Had massive uh, targets there before the bye and catches there for Colt McCoy. We'll see if that keeps up here after the bye. Maybe they find better ways to use the Dynamo here with Kyler Murray back. And Russell Gage, hard to trust from week to week, but again, decent matchup this week against the Buccaneers and that secondary coming off a nice game against the Jaguars. Let's turn our attention to tight ends where Jack Doyle is back, and he looked really good for the Colts. It wasn't just this past week he's been involved a lot. He did explode a little bit more with his uh, receptions and targets and touchdown there for Carson Wentz. He's back as a key target, and part of that is uh, Carson Wentz getting a little bit more comfortable in the offense. We know the tight end has been big for Frank Reich and Wentz before with Zach Ertz. So Jack Doyle, looking like a legit part of what they're doing. Good value in DFS this week. We'll get into more of that when we look at lineup Friday and look at DraftKings and FanDuel values from the main slate, but Jack Doyle screams as one of them against the Texans this week. Evan Ingram not doing a lot, but he's still getting good catches and volume there. And Gallaudet and Ingram, I think, is where this Giants offense should uh, kind of pivot more to use. Uh, just have that uh, high-low kind of situation. So Evan Ingram, I think, can do a little bit of damage against the Dolphins this week and should get more involved as we go down the stretch. Cole Komet, you can look at. I mean, he's a talent for the Bears. They haven't used him properly. I don't like the matchup against the Cardinals this week, but a stash there for your bench, even though Jimmy Graham was the guy who scored last week. But they're thrown to the tight end more, and they just need Komet to be the guy. I just, again, not against the Cardinals this week. Tyler Conklin, decent matchup there for the Vikings against the Lions. Good chance to score that game. Also, you have to look at Foster Island of Dr. Moreau here. He, the guy that uh, they can isolate, speaking of Island, in the red zone without Darren Waller. Waller figures to miss his second game against the Washington football team. They did allow a touchdown to Gerald Everett on Monday Night Football, so that makes you feel good that Foster Moreau we had a very nice game when Waller was out before. He's going to just pick up the slack there at that position. And then, if you're going deep as a streamer this week, you can look at CJ Zama only based on the matchup. Chargers are pretty terrible against a tight end. We know they gave up a big game a couple weeks ago there in the end zone. So, Uzama has been very quiet, but they're being run-oriented now. It's really hard to throw on the Chargers and wide receivers. So Uzama, a little bit of a dark throw, deep streaming option there this week. If you're hurting a tight end, say you lost to Robert Tunyon, you don't have him, and the Packers are off, or uh, you're trying to extract some value from other guys, Uzama, you could do a lot worse than him in that matchup this week. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day once again. And don't forget to... We'll transition from Pickup Tuesday to Matchup Wednesday tomorrow. We'll start breaking down the games there, the 14-game slate of week number 13. We'll do the first half of game starting with the Cowboys and Saints there on Thursday Night Football, playing on Thursday again, and going all the way through the Monday Night Football game between Bills and Patriots there with Matchup Thursday. So we'll do that double shot of matchups. Then, as I mentioned, lineup Friday, looking at DFS and the injury updates you need to know to take you into Sunday's and Monday's games. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, expert analysis inside from Lee Sterling. It's free and available to you on all platforms. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, good luck in your waiver claims for Week 13, and we'll break it all down for you here on Matchup Wednesday tomorrow.